This is the Daily Roll Call Podcast, talking Tennessee with Kathy Henners. Hey, welcome to the Daily Roll Call Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Henners, with our co-host, Dave Vance, and our incredible producer, Bob Curley. You know, as this mask debate uh, continues to grow, it seems to have become this real point of contention of dividing mask wearers from those who don't wear masks. And so, you know, someone very familiar to being a victim of social media trolls and abuse is our friend and colleague, Sue Curley, uh, who's joining us on our first kind of talk about issues of the day. Hello, Susan. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I know that there's been some things going on on social media, um, specifically Facebook, um, with a poster from a major medical facility was posted. Um, why don't you take over and tell us that story and how you've been the victim of these trolls? So I've stayed away from a lot of the mask posts just because it has been so polarizing. So we're kind of in the crazy season with an election cycle. The mask debate continues to heat up. So just trying to avoid some of the contention. I did notice a friend of mine who happens to be a cancer patient currently going to oncology at Vanderbilt posted a picture of a flyer. So this picture was taken recently, actually last Friday. And in the lower right-hand corner, there was some copy about mask. And it just indicated that you only really need to wear a mask if you have respiratory symptoms or you are caring for someone with respiratory symptoms. So I took it upon myself to just share that, to point people to what it said about masks. I didn't say you have to wear a mask, you don't have to wear a mask, and just said, hey, check it out. I was, it, I was surprised by the number of comments that came rolling in and the number of trolls that I kind of picked up. So apparently <laughs> there are people trolling some of these posts, and initially there were attempts to discredit it. So I had someone come in and and basically try to discredit saying it was clearly um, some old information. And I said, no, this was posted last Friday in oncology at Vanderbilt. So you would think of all the departments that might be up to speed with all of the different COVID um, Mm -hmm. steps that are being taken and all those restrictions, all the precautions put in place. Oncology would be one place you would want to make sure Everything is buttoned up. Everything is as current as it can possibly be. And people here on social media are basically trying to tell me this is old information and I can't see it with my own eyes. Oh, it's that, oh, you can't possibly be seeing something, uh, even though it's there. You know, Jerry Nadler was proof of that this week with, oh, no, it's just a myth that Antifa is rioting and tearing down a city. But this whole mask thing, though, I mean, it's really kind of gotten out of control You know, we've kind of developed two classes of people, those who do and those who don't. And those who don't seem to be this, um, you know, you want to kill people or you have no respect for people. And, you know, since when does this this happen? I mean, why do you guys think that this is happening? I mean, what what you know, what's the purpose of this? What are are your thoughts on that, you guys? Well, I think it's, um, you know, it was an overreaction. And, but now I think it's more become, it's become more an issue in my opinion of, uh, you know, a little bit of tyranny, uh, you know, to a degree. Uh, and especially these 
the mask Nazis that she's describing, and I know we've seen them uh, posted other places. I, I think that's part of what it is. Uh, you know, it's control. And uh, I've got a real problem with that. I'm, I consider myself a maskless deplorable is in many places I can get away with it is as uh, anyhow, some places I can't. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of a, a theme, right? So if you don't agree with some of the things that are going on right now in this country, they're the thought police that will come after you if you post something that they disagree with. So it's about controlling thought. It's about instilling fear. And I think that mask is, is one of those things, you know, if, if you have health conditions, if you are at risk and you want to wear a mask and you feel that's the best thing you need to do, I support you a hundred percent. If you mm -hmm. also feel like you have read enough information, you know, your own health conditions and you feel perfectly safe not wearing one, I also support you a hundred percent. And it seems mm -hmm. like a lot of these folks don't want there to be any middle ground. It's about divide and conquer. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem. I mean, when you have a major medical university like Vanderbilt, I'm sure Vanderbilt doesn't leave up outdated, you know, old material um, that wouldn't keep people up on the current situations, especially in a department such as oncology, where it's extremely important, you know, for people's health and, and to, to have that sterile environment. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny. I, I did see that post and um, I also saw the poster and I, I, it reminded me though of some of the things that we're seeing, like uh, the boxes that these masks are being sold in where it says, um, you know, only wear if you have signs of respiratory distress or, you know, you're sick or you have a cough or whatever. And, you know, so there's that debate, you know, there's the scientific, but I guess, you know, when I'm seeing a box that says you don't need this mask for COVID-19, um, you know, again, are we seeing something that we're not really seeing? Is it an illusion as some people want you to think it is? But it's really out of control. And, and I will tell you, I, I was uh, kind of forced to wear one today um, at a doctor's appointment. And it was the most uncomfortable experience. And I'm, I just, I won't do it. I had to do it to go in there. Uh, but I'm with Dave and you guys. I think that it's just um, it's just tyranny. It's control, and um, you know there is a virus, but I think that it's been so, certainly weaponized at this point. Have either of you guys had to go into a place and, and and have walked out or been refused entry because you didn't have one on? There's places I if I have an option. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, at work I have to wear them in certain situations, uh, and in if I absolutely have to have something, um, I'll put the thing on and get what I need to get and get out of there. But if it's an optional, if it's not something I have to have, have to do, and they're going to insist on a mat, well, they're just not going to get my money. Um, you know, I avoid places that require a mask as much as possible. Actually, I've tried to avoid places where it's a requirement or they're very adamant about it. What I have found is because of the area that we live in, I think there are a lot more liberty-minded people who are looking at this as, hey, if I don't have any health risk, why am I wearing this anyway? It's really not going to protect me. So I think a lot of businesses, especially in this particular area, are trying to, you know, they may have come out with a stance or their corporation may have come out with a stance. But what we're seeing locally is they're starting to back off that because they know it's also hurting their business because a lot of people are saying, you know what, I can get home delivery. I don't need to shop there. I don't need to go in in person if I can have it delivered to my doorstep or I'll find another place 
It doesn't require me to wear a mask. What makes no sense to me as well is that, you know, they'll say, well, the mask is not for your protection. It's for other people. Well, wait a minute. If it won't protect me, it's not going to protect other people. And from everything <laughs> I've read, uh, wearing these masks in relation to the size of the COVID uh, virus is uh, pr pretty much like putting up a chain link fence to keep out mosquitoes. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. But there's also the unknown risk of if you wear these for an extended period of time, what are the ramifications from a health standpoint? So I think a lot of times it's being portrayed as if you don't wear it, you know, that you're imposing some risk to other people. However, what are the personal health implications from wearing a mask long term? Um, you know, what are those negative impacts? And I think we have to look at that total picture, especially if it's going to become a requirement, especially for children or people are pushing that um, in schools. And I think we've seen some of that in Metro Nashville with the die-in and actually one of the trolls, <laughs> kind of going back to the Facebook post, was actually an employee of Metro Nashville Public Schools. This week, we also had American Federation for Teachers come out and basically say they're going to have a safety strike. So, you know, the biggest concern for me right now is all of this hype, what does it all mean, and how could this possibly be impacting children and families as kids go back to school? Well, think about it. If you've got, you know, a kindergartner, even first grade, second graders, are you kidding me? I mean, what are they going to do with these masks? First of all, I did see a post, and it was a hat tip to you, Sue, um, from an apparent teacher that, you know, said, start teaching your kids now about how to wear these masks. I think kids are still going to be kids. I think that they're going to, uh, they're going to fall off of them. You know, they're, kids are kids. We don't live in a sterile world. And, and so that it's kind of a joke, but you know, the thing, the thing is, is that these teachers, when you just mentioned the die-in, you know, for anybody not familiar with that, I think they had like a funeral procession, if I'm correct, um, you know, about teachers that are going to die. I mean, it's all about the teachers. They always say it's all about the kids. Well, this time it's all about the teachers. And, and you know, I'm offended by that. I think that our, our children deserve to be in school and they certainly deserve to be kids instead of having to wear a mask. And so I don't think, um, I don't know how the schools are going to go with that. I mean, most schools are opening, I think next week and, you know, good luck with that. I think kids are going to be kids and they should be. I think if we've got teachers taking part in a die-in over something that has what a 98% survival rate and generally speaking, doesn't affect kids, especially young kids that are healthy, otherwise healthy. Uh, I, I think we have to start really looking at mental health evaluations for our teachers because uh, those kind of teachers don't need to be anywhere around kids. Well, Susan is an expert at the teacher trolls, apparently. So, um, absolutely, I, I totally agree with that. You know, and and Susan, I know that you know you got you caught a lot of garbage from that one too. Um, supposedly, or I actually saw it. This woman wished you well, or how did she kind of? She came off to you as not hoping you get it, but it sort of sounded like she said that. You know, try, try not wearing one and see where that gets you. So, you know, look, I, I don't wear one everywhere I go. Um, doing just fine. Don't have symptoms of any type of virus. And of course, we're out here in a rural area. I get lots of fresh air, lots of vitamin D. 
I uh, mm-hmm. am in pretty good health. So no worries here for the moment. But, um, you know, just kind of getting back to these kids, I, I think one of the concerns that we have is the fear. So if you do have a teacher who's coming into this and very adamant about masks, is that going to carry over into the classroom? And could it be causing some unnecessary anxiety, if you will, for some young children? So, you know, children are very impressionable. And so if, if they're in a house right now where parents aren't wearing masks and they go to school and all of a sudden they feel like they're in a hazmat facility, you know, it, it's going to feel completely different. And how is that going to affect them and how is that going to affect the learning environment? I think that's extremely important. And, you know, if you've got kids that are uh, worried about keeping their mask on and then are surrounded by plastic, like some of the schools are going to do, um, you know, the kids aren't necessarily going to be paying attention, um, you know, to what's happening on the chalkboard. They're going to be worried about their hands touching their face and all the things that kids shouldn't have to worry about and that they do. So I think that that's really kind of kind of unfair. Um, you know, it was really a shame that schools didn't have graduations. You know, there were no proms. Um, and, and this is our future. These kids are our future. And, and, you know, this is the way we're treating them. I get it. And you just said it too. I know that there's a virus. I get it. I think, um, it's probably a little stronger than a flu. Um, but you know, I've been out and about, um, since it began in March, you know, I've got things to do in the outside world and you just, you know, hope and pray that you stay healthy and you take care of yourself and you remain healthy, you know, but I think the school thing is really, really important. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that our kids are going to have to go through this, but, um, like you said, though, if a teacher brings her ideology into the classroom against what maybe a parent is saying at home, there's another problem. And actually that's, that's you know a great point because if there are questions you know are you going to take a vaccine if it's available have you been tested do you wear a mask do your mom and dad wear a mask you know these types of questions it makes you wonder if those conversations are actually going to take place and if a child says something and you have a teacher who's very adamant about masks let's say and you have a kid who's in a household where parents are like hey you know someone your age the chances of you getting this and dying are like one in a million and the kid feels perfectly fine. And the kid says, no, you know, I, I'm, I'm good. Could that teacher then turn around and report that family to child protective services claiming med- medical neglect and complaints can be called in by teachers. They have protection of anonymity and a child can actually be questioned by an investigator without a parent present when there are allegations of abuse, neglect. So all this can be done without parents' knowledge and parents' consent. And actually, a child can be questioned. So a, a young girl can be questioned by a male investigator without another person in the room present. And as a parent, when you find out about it, you cannot get a transcript. You cannot get a copy of notes. You cannot get a copy of any type of reporting. So I, I think it brings up some things that are, are precautions that maybe we need to be thinking about and looking at how we give parents some rights so the CPS anonymous reporting does not become another weaponized tool to use against people from an ideological standpoint. So that's the current law? Yes. Wow. Good that Lord. is the current law. 
Wow. And I don't think parents are, I know, I don't think parents are aware of that. Right. So, and it's one of those where you can see it go both ways, right? So if a child is being abused and neglected and a parent, a teacher calls it in, if it's something that is legitimate, it's, it's there, you know, you want the child to be protected, but at the same time, it's weaponized. And a lot of times if there is a suspicion, so there doesn't even have to be proof, they can call in an investigator. They could set up a forensic interview with the parents once you're notified that, oh, by the way, yes, a, a CPS investigation has been opened up. They want to do a forensic interview in your home, come in and, and look for gosh only knows what. Um, these are very real things that happen. And sometimes it is abused. It is weaponized. So what protections are in place for parents? And I had a good conversation today with my state legislator about it and said, look, you know, hey, what can we do about this? Wow, that is scary. We definitely need legislation to deal with that issue. Well, the, the irony is it is a felony to false report. However, if someone is protected under anonymity, how can you even find out who filed a false report? Yeah, th that needs to change. I, I mean, I understand, you know, you know, the, the mask thing is is deadly, apparently, you know, to some people. And, you know, there's a there's a lot wrong with this issue. But it's, um, you know, what Susan just said, you know, parents have probably no idea. And, you know, your kids are going back to school this week and next week. And so it, it's pretty serious. But um, so, yeah, on another note, Dave, what kind of uh, what stuff you got to talk about? I hope it's funny. <laughs> well, let me finish up with this a little bit because I just got a, a few thoughts. You know, I, I just I know it's going to happen at some point in time uh, where you're talking about how you have the the mass Nazi teacher who's all paranoid about COVID and maybe a kid whose parents are, you know, uh, live in a real world and understand this is all overblown and uh, <clears throat> exaggerated and and they make some kind of comment of, you know, yeah, don't worry about your teacher. She's a moron. We'll deal with it if something comes up. And I'm just, you know, I know that eventually some little kid is going to say, my dad says you're a moron. I mean, if I had a kid in this situation, that certainly would be happening. So I'm sure that'll be interesting. Uh, the other thing I just, on this whole thing, you know, we have got, we went from the greatest nation to, and I'm going to clean it up a little bit, chicken little nation. Uh, I mean, it's, or excuse me, the greatest generation to chicken little nation. This, this is insane. We're doing all of this for something that does not affect most people. And we're shutting everything down and we're, <laughs> we're panicking. Uh, I just, I'm disgusted. Uh, it's, I, you know, I'm really concerned that we're this gullible as a country. Well, you know, what's really concerning to me is we're starting to see these rallies. And, and like last week, it was a uh, black activist militia group up in, I believe it was up in Louisville. And then, you know, the same thing on, on the white side. And so when you, you get these heated, really divided, you know, certainly in this case, racially defied, divided um, instance, you know, how long before, you know, that first shot is fired. Of course, they did shoot one of themselves. So that was kind of interesting. But, um, you know, really, you look at it and you're like, 
Is this the beginning of something that we really don't want in this country, a civil war? Uh, but, you know, the violence out in Portland, I know Jerry Nadler says it ain't happening, but I see it all the time on TV. I think he needs a new set of glasses. But, you know, this thing about getting the federal, you know, they call them federal, um, what were they, federal troops. And that's not so. I mean, federal agents guard um, you know, federal buildings. And that's a matter, you know, that's just what they do. It's the the federal police have their own uh, organization that takes care of federal buildings. And so, you know, now we've got Homeland Security involved, but they keep calling them, you know, fel- you know, military troops to make it sound like the military's coming in. And uh, you know what, at some point, they may have to go in. I mean, it's really, we got cops being killed. We have people being killed. And so there needs to be a line drawn there. And um, the sooner the better, I think. I think insurrection and sedition need to be taken seriously and need to be prosecuted. I think, um, and it's going to take folks with spines to stand up and do it. It's, it's something that needs to be done because what's happening right now is, is nothing but that. Yeah, and if we don't, they, it'll just continue to get worse and worse. Uh, yeah, you've got to, you, it, well, it's too late to nip it in the bud, but we definitely have to stand up and, and end it. Uh, and like I said, the sooner the better. You know what, though, we have solved the country's problems all in one, like, 35 minutes. So I think that's pretty good. And um, you know what? This was this was very interesting. I, I, I appreciate, you know, certainly, Sue, you being around. And I think we'll be doing this, you know, a lot more with you. Hint, hint. And, um, you know, Dave, um, you know, you, you, your insight is always incredible. And, and, you know, I always have to chuckle at you for whatever. And um, but I think this was really good. I think that it was um, educational. You know, Susan, you brought out a, a lot of things. And so, you know, I hope we can do this again. And um, so for now, though, I think we'll call this the end of the, the first edition of the day's issues or issues of the day. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back another time. And, and that's going to wrap it up for Daily Roll Call Podcast. This is the Daily Roll Call Podcast, talking Tennessee with Kathy Henners.